Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jesus would walk as a man for the next three and a half years. Even though he was God, he would walk as a man. So he knows the ups of life and the disappointments of life. Wherever you're at this morning, Jesus is not aloof. He's not this God summed up there going, I don't don't understand what they're going through. He understands everything you're going through. And there's no one here this morning that sinned too much. Never. His grace is sufficient. The Bible tries to show that when Jesus came to earth that he lived his life in the same way that we do, without any cheating by using aspects of the divine nature of his being. Although difficult to comprehend, it's critically important for us to understand this. Pastor Mark will attempt to show how Jesus setting aside his divine nature while on earth and his subsequent dependence upon the Holy Spirit to perform miracles and do other things makes it evident that if we follow his example of a devotional life and obedience to God, that we can do the same things Jesus did while he was here. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he continues his message, God Introduces His Son to the World. So what will we see as we watch Jesus being baptized? You want to write this down. You'll discover that Jesus was the Messiah. The anointed one. He was the promised savior of the world. John the Baptist will get it. That's who we introduce to somebody. We don't listen to CNN and go, hmm, maybe this is a forgery. No, he was and he is the Messiah. Now, where is Jesus being introduced? Tell me. Is it in the temple? Hello? Remember, he's being introduced for the very first time. It's not in the temple. It's not in the synagogue. It's not in Jerusalem. Where is he being introduced? Out in the bushes, in the weeds, in the Jordan River, way away from town. Remind you of where he was introduced like when he was born. Was he born in Jerusalem? No, born in a little stable. It's not about the place. And by the way, when Jesus is baptized, is there anybody around Jesus? All the people are being baptized. So he said in John, let's get up. A freshwater pool right over here that's warm. Just come and baptize me. I'm special. Just put me right there. Oh, thank you very much. Bye. No, he's going to be right in there with all the people. So what did we discover from Jesus' ministry? His life was lived in the marketplace of life. I want you to write that down this morning. See, Jesus would be where unsaved people would be, in the marketplace of life. Understand, we're to go to the marketplace of life and introduce unbelievers to Jesus. 
God is going to go to the marketplace of life and introduce his son. John the Baptist is going to introduce him in the same place. Later we'll see it's, it's rarely around church. And we think church is where we introduce people to Jesus. Well, of course we do. But that is not the primary place, guys. Where is my marketplace? Where is your marketplace? It's my backyard. It's a coffee shop. It's a shopping mall. It's a sports field. It's a casual meeting place. It's anywhere. It's that new thing we're doing this morning where you can sign up as a business person. It's when you go in and God opens the door and you can share with them as you're fixing this or their car or doing whatever. There's been a a study that's been going on for more than 10 years in the United States. And it has more than 50,000 people that responded. And they went and they said to them, they discovered them, why did you go to church when you went to church? It was never about the building. It wasn't about advertising. 75 to 90% of these people, 50,000 people over the last 10 years, said, I went to church because someone invited me to go to church. We've forgotten that. See, people aren't going to drive by and go, wow, that's a good place to go. No, you have to invite them in the marketplace where you meet them. That's where people are searching. Again, why is CNN doing this thing on Jesus? Because people know what we have in place. Our government, dead religion is not the answer. So how are we going to survive this world? Well, his name is Jesus. This is such an exciting time for me as a pastor and for all of our pastors. I mean, do you, do you know this? Humbly, can I say this? And I'll do it like this. Humbly, can I say to you, we have the only answer for the world. It is not the church. It is not me. It's Jesus. There is no other answer. You have it. We have to learn to introduce him to our world because they're totally confused. Now, When you begin thinking about this, why was Jesus baptized? Since he had no sin. Let me give you three keys this morning. Here's the first one. Write it down. Jesus was baptized to identify with sinners, you and me, even though he was sinless. Jesus came to this earth, put skin on, So he could identify with you and me. He could take on him the sins of the whole world. Jesus came to save mankind. On the cross, he who knew no sin became sin for us. Became sin for us. Now I want you to imagine that day. Remember, you're there. You're Jewish. You're at the Jordan River. And I want to give you a couple illustrations. You may have never thought about this before. Jesus came to identify with us. Back in the 70s, Calvary Chapel and many other wonderful churches, God sent a revival. It was to the hippie people in the 70s. This is a picture of Calvary Chapel. When it got started, it was just a little church. and God just used that and many other wonderful churches. This is a picture of baptism. There's Chuck Smith. All these kids. Now, these kids were hippie. How many of you ever remember hippies? Any of you remember hippies? I won't ask you how many of you are one, but that's all right. <laughs> what was the hippie lifestyle like in those days? Well, free love everywhere. So they're out making love to anybody and everybody. They don't care. It doesn't have anything to do with it. They're taking drugs like crazy. By the way, they're taking drugs, but they never take a bath. 
Am I right? Yes, I'm exactly right. Why did they do all this? Because they watched their rich parents who said money and business is the answer. Divorce, kill themselves, whatever. Into that came repentance and forgiveness of sin. Now, here's the second picture. Calvary Chapel did this. Many other churches did it. Thousands of people come to Christ. Now, think about as these people walked into the water. Their sins had been forgiven and forgotten. But let's just say they walked into the water with their sin. What would that look like if the sin came off in the water? Look at all the stuff. The water would be polluted with every kind of sin you and I can think about. But that wasn't true because they'd already accepted Christ and their sins were forgiven and forgotten. So all they're doing is identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But let's take this same picture and let's go back 2,000 years ago. Before Jesus goes to the cross, people's sins were just covered, never forgiven. Old Testament, blood of lambs could not forgive you. So your sin was still with you. So picture this guy out here in the white as John the Baptist. Where is Jesus in this picture if this is back by the Jordan River? Where is Jesus? He's standing with who? All the people. And let's just picture this. What is coming off those people? Every kind of sin you can imagine. And where is Jesus? Sinless, where is he? Right smack dab, what? In the middle of it. You say, well, what kind of sins would that look like? Same you look like, same mine look like. You say, Pastor Mark, would you tell me yours? No, I'm not telling you mine. Because if I tell you mine, you have to tell me yours. Is it an okay deal? Now, I want you to picture this for the very first time. Where was Jesus 40 years before this? This is not a hard question. He was in heaven. He's 30. You got it? He's in heaven. Did heaven have any sin? Was it perfect? Was it paradise? How long had he been there? Forever. Where is he that day? Among the sinners. Wading in their sins. Why did he come? So he could identify with you and with me. Hallelujah. Do you understand how humbling that is? He who had no sin is among them. What an amazing picture. He didn't ask for a private baptism. He was right where the people were. He humbly honored God. What did we learn from Jesus here? Write this down this morning. Jesus humbled himself to make God look good. Philippians tells it like this. Jesus made himself no reputation. He didn't walk in the water and go, hey, 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 I'm the one without sin here. The rest of you, too bad. 
He just mingled with the people. See, he made no reputation of himself. It was never about him. In fact, that scripture goes on. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. When we introduce people to Jesus, what can I tell them about that? As Jesus is in the middle of all those people, he was identifying with their lifestyle, their sins. Jesus would walk as a man for the next three and a half years. Even though he was God, he would walk as a man. So he knows the ups of life and the disappointments of life. Wherever you're at this morning, Jesus is not aloof. He's not this God summed up there going, I don't, I don't understand what they're going through. He understands everything you're going through. And there's no one here this morning that sinned too much. Never. His grace is sufficient. So number one, he was baptized to identify with you and with me. Number two, he was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. It was just a picture of obedience. Remember, we'll talk about it later, but Jesus' baptism was different. But it's an identifying step. The Father said, go into the Jordan, get baptized. Jesus simply did it. He was saying to you and me, I'm going to do what the Father tells me to do. And number three, Jesus was baptized to give us an example to follow. Later, when Jesus left the earth and went back, he gave the church an assignment. Every church has this assignment. The church is the body of Christ. God never designed all these crazy different denominations and whatever. This is just what our assignment is. You know it from Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples, people that are believers that grow to be like him, of all nations, baptizing them. Here we are. Baptism is part of it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of this age. You see, water baptism does not save anybody. The blood of Christ is what cleanses us from sin. So water baptism is a public outward testimony that gives evidence of what's already happened in my life. And I was saved by faith and grace. So water baptism is not a choice. It's a command. If you're a Christian today, a real Christian, and you've never been water baptized, and you're disobeying the Lord. It will not save you, but it's a command. Maybe you were baptized as a baby, and that's perfectly fine. I don't have any problem with that. We just dedicate children. But a baby cannot say to themselves, a two-year-old that gets baptized and sprinkled, or a baby that gets sprinkled doesn't say, thank you, just a moment, I accept, I'm going to give a testimony how I accepted Jesus Christ in my life. They're going, what's the water on my head? You know, whatever. I'm not trying to make fun of it. I'm just saying there was no personal commitment. You have to be baptized after you've made a personal commitment. And if you're here this morning and you say you're a real believer and you've not been water baptized, you're disobeying not the church, the command of Jesus Christ. So we have a baptism coming up. It's in a pool. It's warm. Get on to it, would you? Okay, next. Look at the end of verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was, say it with me, praying, heaven was open. Here's something you want to write. Jesus knew the importance of prayer. You see, Luke writes on prayer more than any other gospel writer. And Jesus, right at the outset of his ministry, what is Jesus doing? 
He's praying. I'd like to know what in the world he was praying. I don't have a clue. But he was setting an example for us. As he's getting ready to be, he knows he's going to be introduced, not exactly how, he's going to be introduced to all these people as the Messiah. By the way, at this point, does Jesus know what his outcome is? Yes, he does. Because the Bible tells us he was slain from the foundation of the world. Before man was created, God knew that man would sin and need a savior. Jesus knew how he was coming. He was praying. Now you have on your wrist a bracelet. A bracelet. What's it say? Pray first. Pray first. These were free the last few weeks. They're $500 today. No, they're free. Get you one. And when somebody says, what is that stupid thing you're wearing? Well, it says pray first. Is there anything I could pray with you about? Right on. By the way, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, not the morning, we have what? A prayer service. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So Jesus prays as an example. He's talking to his father. Now, here comes John the Baptist. Aha moment. He gets it because he was told what he should look for. Look at verse 22. And as heaven opened, the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Here is a picture of what we call the Trinity. Write it down this morning. What we discover is this. If I'm going to introduce somebody, Jesus is God. He's part of the Trinity. The word Trinity is in the Bible, but the principle is right on. God is manifested in three distinct persons. In this environment, you see all three. The Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus, the Son. The voice of the Father is heard. Three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all equal, all God, but different in their work. Now, let me back up for a moment, because you'll hear people try to confuse you with this. Well, Allah is the same as the Christian God or the Jewish God. Wrong. Allah in the Quran has no son. Only the Christian and Jewish religion. God has a son. Basically, the Christian religion. Notice what God says. This is my son. Not the same God anywhere close. Lies. So what does the Father do today? Even though they're equal, he he governs the world. What does Jesus do? Well, he came to redeem the world. Where is Jesus this morning? Where is Jesus this morning? Churches? Come on, where is he this morning? He's He's in heaven already, right? He's at the right hand of the Father. What's he doing there? Let me give you an example. This week, he went to God. He said, God, that Balmer guy blew it again. But he did ask forgiveness, so he's a pretty good guy, God. Just forgive him. Now, don't look at me funny, because he's been there for you all week, too. Could I hear an amen? amen? He's interceding and saying, God, they love you. They just blew it again. Forgive them. Hallelujah. And by the way, where's the Holy Spirit? I don't know, Pastor Mark. Is there a dove coming down? Or what? 
That's where you, all next week, I'm going to teach you about the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit? The minute you become a Christian, God, the Holy Spirit, comes to live right in here. So you always have God with you. Amazing. Now, the voice of God was heard by everyone. Now, the Jews, especially the religious ones, would have understood this is the start of the Messianic age. Because in the Old Testament, in Psalms 2-7, you hear this. This is my beloved son. In Isaiah 42, you hear this, in whom I'm well pleased. So here's what you want to write this morning. Jesus was God's son. Now, why does, why does God say to him, I'm well pleased with Jesus? He hasn't begun the ministry yet. Well, we already told you the answer to that. In Luke 2.52, you remember what we told you? Jesus grew in favor with God, in favor with man. He grew spiritually, physically, emotionally, and mentally. He didn't waste his time. He just kept growing. And so what else do we know? Why is God proud of Jesus? Because he waited until God said go. He got in the water with us to identify with us. He was submitting to the Father's plans. You see, you want to be obedient. That pleases God. I want to be obedient. I want to one day hear God say this to me. Well done, Balmer. Faithful servant. That's all we are. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve others. That's why we have to take and learn to introduce him to our world, because they're totally confused. Now, one day, before John went into prison, he was walking in town, and he makes a statement. I want you to see it. The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Look, the Lamb of God. Now watch these words. Who takes away the sin of the world. That had never happened. The Lamb of God is Jewish. Old Testament, God-given Lamb sacrificed your sins. You placed your sins on him. The lamb, the lamb was sacrificed. Blood shed. But all it did was cover my sin. Never got rid of my sin, ever. Jesus, the Lamb of God. The Jews understood that perfectly. Our sins would be on him. He would die for us. But when he died, my sins are not covered anymore. They're taken away. They're forgotten as far as the east is from the West. Ooh, hallelujah. I don't have to be condemned anymore. That's not who I am anymore. Because of how Jesus chose to live his life on earth, he understands the pains and difficulties that we experience. Jesus understood that to be able to be faithful to his calling, that he needed to keep in prayer, to be familiar with God's word, and to allow the Holy Spirit to empower him to live in a manner pleasing to God. He is our supreme example, and if we trust God and obey, we can be an example to others. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. After this awesome series from Pastor Mark on the introduction of Jesus to the world, teaching how Jesus lived his life as a human being rather than a human-looking God, we should be encouraged to live our lives following in his example. Pastor Mark will continue in the Gospel of Luke, moving on to chapter 4 and showing us the importance of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving